Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guest is Iftikhar Ali, an Edinburgh-based portfolio landlord. Morning, Iftikhar. Good morning, Gillian, and thank you for having me. Now, you have an interest in both commercial and residential property as you own and manage a Georgian business centre in Edinburgh's West End, as well as having a portfolio of residential properties. Do you want to tell us about how you became involved in property? You know, is it a business sector that you, you've all, always been interested in? Um, I've been involved in the commercial residential sector most of my adult life um, and I inherited this from my from my late father when I was 18 year old because he also had a business at that time um, and today we own along with my uh, I say we I say me and my brother we own a business centre at the west end of Edinburgh near Haymarket Station it's a service business centre that we have had for since 2006 and I also have a residential portfolio of properties in Edinburgh okay well now I know that you're also a qualified mortgage advisor Tell us more about this avenue and how this expertise benefits your own property portfolio. Around about 2003, I felt there was a, an area that I wasn't quite um, involved in, which was the financial side of things, as in uh, advice, etc. So I got asked by a company to go and work for them for a little while, uh, and I, while I was there, I qualified as a mortgage advisor just to see what the sector was like, and. After seeing what they were doing, I decided to delve into the buy-to-let uh, market and build up quite a portfolio of properties during that time. Okay, well, let's focus just now on the topic of mortgages and remortgaging in this current climate. 2023 was seen rising mortgage interest rates at a time when landlords were needing to protect themselves from increased costs as there's currently a 3% rent cap in place until the end of March next year. You know, due to the, the cost of living emergency legislation. Or I think we were talking before the podcast, you mentioned that you're no longer a practicing um, yeah. mortgage advisor. So, so speaking from experience, what ways and means can help keep mortgage costs down? Uh, currently, the way I've got my uh, portfolio structured as an individual doesn't suit today's market. If somebody's going to go into the rental market, they should actually set up a limited company. This would help them with the interest that they're paying out to a bank. At the moment, all interest that I pay to the bank um, is not allowable apart from maximum 20%, and the rest is classified as my income. So if you're a limited company, this this cost a whole hundred percent would be allowable. So that would keep your cost down. Yeah, because it didn't used to be the case, did it? Was it 2015 with Osborne's tax changes? Because it didn't used to be the case tax wise yeah, for landlords. Yeah, around about 2015, we became aware of this tapered uh, relief for interest. Um, because it was difficult to change to a limited company at that time because you'd, if you sold into a portfolio you or your portfolio into a limited company you had to pay the capital gains tax, you had to pay stamp duty and you had to sell it at the value that you, it was today's value um, whereas maybe I'd had the properties for 15 years and the price had gone up 
that would then I'd have to pay capital gains on that side and then on the other side I would have to pay stamp duty um, on the new purchase into a limited company. So these things went against what I was uh, um, as a portfolio landlord and also the higher, I'm now classified as a higher rate tax player because um, this interest is not allowable. Mm-hmm. Well, how difficult is it in the current climate to remortgage and, and what avenues are there to overcome that challenge? I've not remortgaged my properties for several years because I was um, on a low interest rate. Uh, now, obviously, the interest rates have gone up and I'm now in my 60s as well. So I'm looking to what do I do now? Do I, do I remortgage and take it to my age 75, which is the maximum you're allowed, or do I start selling the portfolio? I haven't decided yet. It's one of those things that I will do in the next couple of years. Well, I mentioned earlier about the current 3% rent cap on mid-tenancy rents. So how do you feel about this? Prior to the introduction of the legislation, how often would you normally raise rents within a tenancy and by what percentage approximately? If a tenant stays with me for, say, two to three years, I wouldn't put their rent up. I would just keep it if they're reasonable payers and also if there's been no problems with the tenancy. After the two to three years, I would look at it again and see what my costs were like and then put a cost, put the rent to the new rent to the tenant and then we'd agree between us if this was suitable for them and also suitable for me. I wouldn't just arbitrate and uh, put it on them. Okay. The 3% increase, I think it's just it's just a figure plucked out of the air, which is not really something that government should get involved in. Well, Edinburgh, you know, the City Lights Quarter 3 um, report showed that Edinburgh's average rents had increased by 16.5% year on year to stand at an all-time high of 1,546. Do you feel that the rent cap has had unintended consequences and landlords have now actually felt pressure to protect the future viability of their buy-to-lets and increase mid-tenancy rents when, when they normally wouldn't? Absolutely. The the way that they're restricting people and then on top of that when somebody does put up the rent, they're going to build in this factor where they're going to have to put the rent up even more than they would like to. Um, but currently the demand exceeds the supply so the landlords that are getting new tenants are achieving higher rents um, but I don't know if this will keep going because eventually it's going to catch up with itself. Well, the Scottish Government's recent consultation on rented sector reform raised the question of caps on, on open rents. What are your thoughts on controls, you know, in between tenancies, with new tenancies starting? What, what, how do you think this could affect the private rented sector as a whole? I think this is a rather silly uh, suggestion by the government to do this because normally when a tenancy ends, that's that person's tenancy. That's your agreement with the original tenant, not with the new tenant. To say that you have to keep it the same or just put it up arbitrary by 3% is, is ridiculous. You should be looking at the market rental at that particular time, not just say 3% is all across the board. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I want to mention about the Scottish Government's current proposals for the New Deal for Tenants, where they plan to enable tenants to have, to, you know, have more personalisation options without consent, such as putting up pictures or um, you know, the right to request paint work, etc. 
They are also amongst other proposals intending for tenants to have the right to request permission to keep a pet or pets. How do you feel about these plans? I have no objection to tenants having pets or improving their property. But what you've got to remember, if they damage your property, the deposit is held in a deposit scheme. This should allow the, the landlord to go to the deposit scheme and say, look, I've got photographs of the original look of the building and this is what it's like now, without having to go to court, etc., to try and force this, the, the tenant to pay the, the damage cost. This should be done between the tenant and the landlord. And then if it's not solvable, then go to arbitration. Do you think an upgrade, you know, if a tenant was choosing to, or asking to, to paint or, or you put up pictures. I've do you no think that would I've necessarily no cause damage though? Do you feel mm. it would necessarily cause damage? No, normally tenants are really good because they're living there. Um, and they do look after the property. I've only once experienced a really bad tenant. Um, again, that was my fault. I've never been up to have a look for a few months. All right. But um, normally, and as they, the tenants are very, very to discuss. Mm -hmm. So they could actually maybe do, you know, some personalisation no to, the, to, to the properties without it necessarily affecting the deposit later. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't object to that. Well, you know, it can be difficult to keep abreast of all these kind of various changes in legislation, particularly in recent years, and handling tenancies can be complex. So do you manage your own properties? Um, I use an agency currently because it's the regulations have changed so much in the last few years that it's too much for me to do, especially as I have other business interests as well. So I use a company and they then do all the paperwork, the tenancy agreements, the deposit taking, the searching for tenants, um, vetting the tenants, they do all that. Uh, and which takes a big burden off me and uh, I'm very happy with their service. Are there any aspects that you actually manage yourself? I do after uh, they're, they're let. So if, it, if there's any issue whatsoever, the tenants have my personal phone number. They can phone me at any time to discuss any issue. Do you feel Bytelet is still viable or are you one of the many reported landlords considering selling or, or possibly already sold? I think the the way things are in Edinburgh, the the return on income is is low now, very low compared to a few years ago. So a lot of t uh, landlords are looking to um, sell if they cannot raise their rents to a reasonable level. Um, the interest rates, as I said the earlier, that uh, the tax position has completely turned it upside down for especially individual portfolio holders or even people with one or two properties to pushing them into the 40% bracket when they're not actually getting the money it's going straight to the yeah. banks. These are issues that uh, have to be tackled. Okay well then finally what, what are your thoughts then on the future of the private rent sector in, in Edinburgh or not just Edinburgh, Scotland as a whole? I think the private rented sector will, will still be there, but it'll be a lot less than what it is just now. I think the properties will be there, but they'll be expensive. Um, the issue really stems around social housing, with the government not building new houses and landlords being made the scapegoat by saying, oh, they put the rents up, etc. But you've got to look at their costs as well. They can't just say, 
the landlords are the, are the people that are doing this. It's not just them, it's the government as well. Thank you so much. It's, it's been really good to hear your perspective and, and your experience of, of recent years. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.